Tiffany K. Johnson was a 25-year-old from Euless, Texas. She was a tomboy and lived with her brother. On the evening of October 10th, 2016, Tiffany and her ex-boyfriend got into an argument outside by her car. They then went around the corner of the building for privacy. A few minutes later, the ex-boyfriend left. Tiffany couldn't be found. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. As some of you may remember, earlier this year for the first time in my life, I got a summons to appear at the courthouse with the possibility that I would have to serve on a jury. Gotta be honest, I wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be a duty that every citizen must fulfill, and without it, our justice system wouldn't work, and being that my life is full of true crime, that I should be so excited to be part of the process. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But I think I defaulted to what other people think when they receive their jury duty notification. Hey, I'm too busy. You don't get paid hardly anything. I don't want to sit around and argue with a bunch of people I don't know. I'll admit all of that went through my head. Luckily, the trial didn't happen. And I didn't even have to show up to be questioned by the lawyers. Phew. Well, in the case of Tiffany Johnson... I'm certainly happy that the people who put her ex-boyfriend, Chris Revel, in jail for her disappearance didn't have the attitude I did a few months ago. They served and came to the correct verdict. But Tiffany's still missing. So sometimes things don't always end with a trial by jury. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Tiffany Johnson started her life in Iowa, being born as a fraternal twin to her brother Asher. Then as a young woman, Tiffany ventured to Texas where Asher was already living, moving in with him. She seemed to be well on her way, eventually getting a job in insurance. Through a strange circumstance in which Tiffany and another girl discovered they were dating the same guy, this other girl introduced Tiffany to the girl's brother, Chris Revel. The two hit it off and quickly became a couple. But the relationship wasn't smooth. Chris was possessive, although there were no signs he was ever abusive to Tiffany. Yet, eventually, she decided to move on. So, on the evening of October 10, 2016, Tiffany was at her apartment with her brother, Asher. Her ex, Chris, showed up unexpectedly to talk. The two stood down in the parking lot, arguing while Asher watched from the second floor. Eventually, Chris and Tiffany moved around the corner of the building out of Asher's sight. After a few minutes... He went downstairs to see what was going on. What Asher saw was Chris shutting the trunk of his car, then driving off. Asher looked for Tiffany in the complex but could not find her. He called Chris to find out what happened, but Chris was non-responsive. Asher called 911 and the police showed up. They called Chris and ordered him back to the complex. When he arrived, they charged him with kidnapping Tiffany. She was never seen again. Over the course of the following weeks... Tiffany's family discovered Chris had been involved with another woman who went missing 10 years before, Taliba Islam. She has also never been found. 
Chris Revel was put on trial for the aggravated kidnapping of Tiffany Johnson during the summer of 2019. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Yet, Tiffany still has never been found, and questions remain. Number one, Chris was not gone that long on October 10th. Where could he have disposed of Tiffany's body so quickly that it has not been found? Number two, is it possible that Chris had help in causing Tiffany's disappearance? And number three, why don't prosecutors use the charge of aggravated kidnapping more in missing persons cases? Tiffany's family agrees with the jury's verdict, and their search for Tiffany continues. The guest for this episode is Tiffany's aunt, Janelle Hoffeld. Unfound news. I'm back in Florida after a combined two weeks in both Pennsylvania and Canada. I had a great time hanging out with my dad, my best friend Doug, and his son. But the fishing was terrible. The worst it's ever been. The lake turned over. You can look that up. But I learned to play the card game 31. And it turns out I'm pretty good at it. Which is nice. Next, Season 2, Volume 1 of the Unfound Book Series is out in ebook form. I'll be working on the print version over the next week. I anticipate that Season 2, Volume 2 will be out before the end of October. And yes, transcribers should be expecting their next round of books and payments within the next couple of weeks as well. Finally, we went over 6,000 members in the Unfound Podcast discussion group on Facebook. And I can remember when there were only 62 people in there. Wow. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound live show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Togi and Shelly. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. This week, I need to thank Carol. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. Cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the aunt of Tiffany Johnson, Janelle Hofelt. Janelle, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Let's start here. Um, let's talk about Tiffany's family, of course, of course, your family as well. Uh, her family, brothers, sisters, mothers, aunts, uncles. Um, how would you explain the Johnson slash Hofelt family? We're, we're we're a strong family. We stick up for one another. If someone gets hurt, we're we're there. Mm. We won't, you know, we won't uh, let the other person hang. We just. We're a strong family. Mm-hmm. And how many, um, you are Janelle's aunt, so are you the sister of her father or, or her mother? I'm Dub, I'm Tiffany's mom's aunt, Dub. Tiffany's I'm mom's sister. aunt. 
I'm her uh, sister. Okay, Tiffany. Tiffany's mom's sister. Mom's okay. Sister. All right, that's fine. Tiffany's mom's sister. And what is her mother's name? Deb. Deb? Yes. Okay, Deb. All right, so you're that. Deb's sister. Okay. And how many nieces and nephews do you have uh, that are Deborah's children? Deb's children? Four. Okay, let's. I got two nieces and two nephews. Okay, and, and what are the approximately uh, their ages? Are they all quite, kind of close in age to what uh, Tiffany was, or are they spread out? They're very close in age. They're huh? all 14 months apart, and the twins are 14 minutes apart. Oh, my. Tiffany had twin sisters, twin brothers. Tw Tiffany is a twin. Oh, okay. I don't know if I ever knew that. That's interesting. So an identical twin. No, they're fertile. She has a twin brother. Oh, a twin brother. And is that Asher? Correct. Okay, and we're going to talk about him later. Well, that's very interesting. Okay, so twi uh, we have twins, but one is a, a female, one's a male, and then we have another brother and another sister, and they're all very close in age, I guess, somewhere in their 20s, mid-20s to um, late 20s. The oldest one is 30. It goes okay. 30, 29, and the twins are 28. Okay. All right. And it should be known that, uh, of course, this disappearance happened in Texas, but you live in, in Minnesota. Have you always lived there? Or have at one time did you live near uh, Deb in, in the Texas, the state of Texas? No, um, I was I was born and raised in Iowa, mm -hmm. and then we my family moved to my husband, and my son moved to Wyoming. Wow! And then six years later, we moved up here. Okay, okay, and so you're uh, Deb's sister, so she was born in Iowa as well, and then somehow made it to Texas. Correct. Okay, all right, and would you say that you're close with your sister Deb? Very close. Yes. Very yeah. close. Okay. All right. So Deb has uh, four children, two boys, two girls. One of them, of course, is Tiffany. And the, you, the way you knew Tiffany, and I, I'm not sure how often you got to see her, being that you lived in uh, uh, you live in Minnesota now. Um, how would you explain Tiffany, her personality? You know, what was she into? Her education and everything. Tiffany, she grew up as a tomboy. She was born and raised in Iowa. She mm -hmm. grew up, you know, she was a tomboy. And she would play, we called the kids, my son and Dub's four kids, they made up a game called Tinny Ball. It's with a tennis ball and you use your hand. So she would go up there and play at mm -hmm. Greenwood Park and play there. So she was really, anything what the boys did, she would do it. Um, okay. She learned how to ride a bicycle when she was three without training mm. wheels. Wow. She roll, she rollerbladed when she was four. Okay, so she was a little bit of a daredevil too, I guess. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, three, four years old, already rollerblading. I don't think I've ever rollerbladed, ever. Um, okay. And was so as she got older, did she continue to be in sports, continue to be a tomboy, or...? What she continued to be a tomboy. She um, played softball. She would play football with us. Um, mm. She would play almost anything with many sports you could think of. She would try. Mm -hmm. And then her family moved to uh, South Dakota. And then once she was done with schooling there, then um, 
In about 2015, she moved to Texas when, because Asher was there. So she went mm-hmm. to visit Asher, and she liked it, so she moved down there in 2015. Okay. Uh, so okay. And she got she was working at Walmart in, in South Dakota, and then she got transferred. And then she went from Walmart, then she decided she wanted to do insurance, so then she got a job in insurance in Texas. And was that the job that she was doing when she disappeared? Correct. Okay. Uh, I guess that, she, that when she was in high school, because she was into sports, I mean, did she play on like a high school softball team or basketball team? And maybe did she do that? Did she go to college? No, she did not go to college. She, um, she played softball. I don't know if it was, it was school. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only sport she played in was softball. She was working in insurance. Uh, she worked for Walmart, and then when she went to Texas, she was working in insurance, like as an adjuster or as an agent, or I believe in the adjuster. I believe. Okay, so she wouldn't be one of those people that might show up to a car accident or some yeah. sort of uh, maybe flooding damage or something like that. Okay, uh, how did she like that? Do you know? She liked it. Okay. She liked it. Okay, and so let's just talk about what you can tell the, the listeners about her relationship. She moves to Texas uh, when she was still uh, not living in Texas. Did she have a boyfriend? So when she moved there, did that guy move with her or was she single and moved to Texas? How do you remember it? Uh, she did have a boyfriend when she was in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then they broke up. Then when she moved to Texas, she did not have a boyfriend. Okay. So maybe that uh, breaking up of that relationship kind of freed her up. Maybe to think about maybe living somewhere else, maybe. Well, when they broke up, she stayed in South Dakota for a while. Okay. Uh, so. Okay. So she moves to uh, Texas and uh, without, uh, just by herself then? Yes. Okay. And did she, of course, we're going to talk about Christopher Revel uh, here in a moment. Uh, he's going to play a prominent part, and I'm sure a lot of people know that there was a trial recently regarding all of this, but that's why we're covering it now, now that that information is out there. But when she moved to Texas, do you know of any other uh, guys that she went out with uh, before she met Chris? No. Okay. And when she moved to Texas, uh, who how who was she living with uh, in a house, apartment, and what was going on there? So they had a... Uh... She lived with Asher. They had an apartment. Um, and they just stayed together. Mm-hmm. He and a- she and Ashler were fairly close? Yes. Okay. And how long had he been, if you know, you know, and I know you don't know all these people's personal lives, but did he have, like, really strong connections in Texas? Had he been there for a while before she got there? He was there for a little a while. I don't know his was, connections or. All right. I mean, like friends and, you know, things like that. He had been there for a while before Tiffany got there. Right. Okay. All right. So they move in together, and um, she finally does at some point. I guess she just moved to Texas in 2015. Of course, she disappeared in 2016. Um, how did she meet Christopher Revel? How did they meet? He met, Tiffany met Chris through Chris's sister, Jackie. Hmm. Okay. 
And how did they know each other? How did Jackie and Tiffany know each other? Do you know? I do. <laughs> they, Go ahead. Um, we're actually dating the same guy, and they didn't know it. Huh. And so um, Tiffany went, I think, went over to Jackie's place and, you know, told her. And then that's when Chris came along and Jackie introduced them together. Oh, do you, okay, so that had to be it. Did she go over there because she was going to confront Jackie, or what do you think that was about? I think she was going to ask her about what was going on with her and this other guy, but I'm not for sure what okay. all took place. Okay. But I do wish that um, Jackie and her family told Tiffany about Chris's background history. Right, well, we're going to we have to certainly talk about that. Uh, in, in this interview, that's is going to play a very important part. But uh, that's interesting. Usually, when two women find out they're dating the the same guy, they don't one doesn't end up fixing the other one up with some other guy. That's a very unique situation. What do you think about that, Janelle? I think it's very unusual that. Right. Hey. Okay. Do you do you think that everybody like did Asher know this was going on? Did you? Did her mother? The way you remember this back, I guess. You know, maybe in 2015, early 2016, did you know that was going on? No. Didn't know that was going on. Okay. She moved to Texas. She meets some guy who ends up having another girlfriend who uh, was Christopher's sister, Jackie. And then through this connection, Jackie introduces Tiffany to Christopher. Of course, we now know that she is disappearing, but at the time when she met Chris... Uh, did Asher ever tell you or her mother, hey, she's dating this guy? Did Asher ever offer up any um, opinions on Chris when he would come over? Anything like that? No. I mean, I even went out there in 2016, and I met him. Mm-hmm. And... Well, let's talk about that then. That's being that you brought that up. Let's talk about that. You went to Texas in August of 2016. What brought that on? You know, why did you go there? Vacation or, or what? Tell well, them. Tiffany wanted me to go and visit them, which, because Tiff and I are close. Mm -hmm. I'm close to all my sister's kids. And um, she wanted me to go there for a visit for a week, so I did with my son. And we was at a gas station just down the road from their house, their apartment, and was getting gas in her car, and Chris comes up. Well, he acted like really he was shy, and you know, I didn't think of anything of it at first. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of days later, she wanted to go look for cars. Well, Chris, he knows cars. He knows the make, model, and years of cars. That's why we thought he would be a good choice to come. He okay. says, can't you see I'm busy? He was playing a a video game hmm. and right there kind of like yeah okay. I did not like his attitude or his personality or anything from that time okay and how long were you there in Texas during this trip a week a week and how many times uh, would you say you saw Chris over that week um 
Probably every day. Almost every day. Oh, every day. Okay. And was that, so that's the one time that he was rude, I guess you would say, that sticks out. Was that the only time? Um, he just kind of like made it look like Tiffany was nothing compared to him. Uh-huh. Because he's, he's a controlling, jealous kind of person. Uh-huh. And that came out. But did Tiffany ever tell you this before you got there? Did she say, I'm dating this guy, Chris, and, you know, he's kind of, you know, controlling and everything. Did she ever say that before you, you went down? Oh, no. She, um, her and I would message back and forth over Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she told me that she was dating this guy named Chris and and everything and how they met. And sometimes Tiffany would stay at his mom's house. And she would just say how how rude his mom was and how Chris was. And um, but she just it's okay, you know. It's just how they are, I guess. And mm-hmm. and then I'd tell her how I felt. You know, people should not do that to anybody. Yeah. If they want respect, they better treat you with respect. All right. So in in kind of a way, it sounds to me like. And you, we had talked about this in a pre- previous conversation. It sounds to me like she might have been defending him a little bit, at least a little bit, not totally, but a little bit. I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because when I was out there, she asked me, how do you break up with a guy? Oh, really? Yeah. I told her, I don't have the first clue. I said, just mm-hmm. tell him that you need a break. Mm-hmm. Normally, that would work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Okay, so when you were down there for that week, that was a conversation. It might have been in her mind that she was thinking about breaking up with Chris for whatever reason, because he's controlling her or some other reason. Maybe she met some other guy, but she wanted out of the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And when you were there, did Asher, her brother, if you can say, did he ever offer up any opinions? Um about Chris being that he obviously saw him a lot more than you ever did. Yeah. I mean, Asher, he stuck up for Tiffany. Okay. What, what does that mean exactly? Well, if Tiffany had a, a problem, he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and then if she needed to talk, he was there. Mm-hmm. So if she needed any advice, she would go to Asher and, yeah, he he was there for um, support. Mm-hmm. So at no time did Asher ever say to, for example, your sister Deb, Tiffany and Asher's mother, you know, Deb, you know, she's dating this guy Chris and he's kind of bad news. Never said anything like that, to your knowledge? No. Okay. To my knowledge, no. Okay. So you were there in August of 2016. She disappears August 10th, 2016. So you were there just a, a, two months before she disappeared. And this is what you saw when you were there. I mean, overall, would you say that it was a was it a positive week down there? And when you left, did you think that, that Tiffany was con- going to continue to be with Chris? Or did you think that she was going to break up with him like within the next couple months? Would you well, think? they would break they would break up off and on mm-hmm. um, and she would break up. She would keep on coming back mm-hmm. and he would do this poor me, poor me kind of 
way. And um, then wow. he says, she texts me, he says, nope, he broke up with me. Then he keeps on coming back. It's like, back off, dude. If you're going to break up, you're going to break up. Don't come back. Mm. But he got jealous because Tiffany's a very pretty girl. Yeah, pretty. we've all seen the pictures. You're right. Yes. And she could not wear her wear makeup. She could have her hair up. No matter what, he would get jealous. And um, he, if she had a nice outfit just coming off work, he would get jealous of her. And, so, and I think he was happy that her car was not working, that her brakes were out, because he would know exactly where she's at. Mm-hmm. And was her car not uh, running correctly when you were there for that week? Her car was working just fine. Okay. Because I, I flew out. I flew to Texas. So she mm-hmm. was my main ride. So, yeah, her car worked. Okay, her car was fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so you go back to Minnesota. And once again, this is be late August into early September. And so let's now just talk about the days and weeks uh, before she disappeared. Just some things that maybe you knew at the time or maybe you found out about them after she disappeared. In in September of 2016, okay, um, Chris told Tiffany that he got shot. Oh my! And Tiffany in the stomach, and Tiffany was trying to get a hold of him, and he went. So she asked if I would text him, which unfortunately I had his cell phone number, mm-hmm. and I texted him to see if he was okay and so forth. And he finally got back, and I whatever he sent, I forwarded to Tiffany. And I said, he's okay, you know. He should. I told him he should go and get checked out. He goes, no, I'm okay. Well, finding out way back before Tiffany even came and him came an item, he was running away from somebody, and they shot at him, hit a tree, and the piece of the bark went into his side. Wow. So, that's how he, so yeah. Okay, so... She he made up the story about getting shot, but it wasn't true. No, it was not true. Okay, when did you find out about this particular story? After. After she disappeared. After she disappeared. How did you find that out? Oh, we have. I have a friend that knows the computer and knows how to search things, and this person is the one that told me about all this information from one of Chris's old friends. Okay, so she had as a connection to some of Chris's other friends who were talking about this, and that's how you found yeah. out. I don't. I know you don't want to. Re- maybe you don't want to reveal your source and and all that. That and that's perfectly fine. But I just need to at least a little background on that. Uh, being that you don't live there, you know, you lived in Minnesota. I'm just wondering how you would find out about a story like that, especially. This actually, is in Iowa. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Um, it's just, uh, you know, if you're going to tell me that somebody told you something like that, I'd like to at least hear a little more about that. I'm sure the listeners do too, just to at least verify it at least a little bit. So you had somebody that was doing, uh, some work freelance for you and, um, you know, told you about this. Do you think this is a story that Tiffany ever told Asher, her brother? I, I really don't think so. Okay, so something that maybe she kept very close to the vest, and if this story did happen, maybe he was looking for some sort of sympathy from her. Maybe. Right. Possible. Okay. Um, Being that you did talk about how 
Um, Tiffany was asking you how to break up with somebody. To your knowledge, did she actually break up with him, or was this just one of these things where it seems like they were going back and forth? Was there some sort of real breakup before they disappeared or not? There was an actual breakup, yes. Okay. And do you know when this happened? How close to October 10th, 2016 did this happen? I believe, and I really don't know the approximately when, but I know it happened. And because um, Tiffany was having a, a friend over, and she was making supper for this friend, and Chris kind of like showed up when this friend arrived. Mm -hmm. so that's what kind of like triggered everything. So I don't know approximately when. Um, Tiffany actually broke up with him. Okay. But she was still kind of with him when you were there, but by the time that she disappeared, your understanding is that uh, Tiffany was pretty set on moving on? Yes. Okay. And you had already talked about her car. Could you talk about that again? Something, there is part of the disappearance, of course, something that I think Chris talked about during his trial, that what was wrong with uh, Tiffany's car at the time of early October. It seems like it was fine when you were there, but what was the story regarding that? Her brakes. They, she called us, I believe, October 10th and wanted to know how to fix brakes. I don't know nothing about brakes, so she talked to my husband, mm -hmm. and she was telling her what to do, and she says, I'm not strong enough, and so then Chris finally mosey on down, and then he decided, heck with it, I'm going to have a mechanic fix it. So um, Tiffany's mom bought the um, things for her brake job, mm -hmm. and then this mechanic was fixed it, So, and that's all I know about the brakes. Okay. But you had said something earlier about how Chris didn't mind that her car was broke because then that mean that, you know, she needed a ride from him or something. I mean, how long had that been going on? Mm, probably maybe a couple weeks. A couple weeks. So when did she – okay, so the, she disappeared on October 10th, 2016. When was it that she called her mother uh, about this car problem? I don't know when her mom – got notified about getting brake parts and stuff. I don't know. Okay. But eventually the pl guessing on dates. Okay, that's Actually. fine. Okay. But it, it, I guess what we're trying to establish here is that given that during the trial that Chris was trying to blame the disappearance on well, she might have gone with this mechanic. I think we have to set up why there might be a mechanic involved anyway, somebody that works on cars anyway. And it had to do with uh, Tiffany's car, which at some point it seems in September, the brakes had gone bad on it. Yes. Okay. All right. And just to remind everyone, uh, what was the living situation for Tiffany uh, at the time of her disappearance? She was living with her twin brother and his girlfriend in their two-bedroom apartment. Okay. Okay, so this is this whole situation. She's uh, with Chris. She met him through this uh, his sister Jackie. They just happen to be dating the same guy. But Jackie says, why don't you date my brother uh, Chris? Tiffany goes along with that. They're an item during 2016. She's living with 
her brother and her brother's boyfriend. She's having some car issues. His girlfriend, I'm sorry, living with Asher's girlfriend. And so this is the situation. This is what's going on. And on top of that, Tiffany has this job working for an insurance company. And somewhere in there between when you saw her and when she disappeared, it seems that she had finally um, decided for sure, for sure, that she did not want to be with Chris anymore. So that takes us to October 10th. 2016 uh, of course in about another month and a half we're coming up on the three-year anniversary but um what do you know about that day what were what did tiffany do that day and how did chris end up over at her apartment complex what did she do that day that well tiffany was at work of course and she got off and then that night that's when she was gonna have supper with her her friend and um can we use his first over. name can we use this guy's first name please to make this a little russell. easy russell okay so she's going to get together with russell all right thank you yes mm-hmm. so russell came over after work he got dropped off by i believe his cousin and chris was there and he russell seen tiffany and chris talking over by her car so russell went over there and and um, Chris thought Russell was a cousin of Tiffany's. And when he went over there, Tiffany told Russell, it's okay, I got this, just go upstairs. And that's how her keys were found on top of her car. Because it was kind of chilly that day, so Tiffany was going to get a jacket from her car. Okay. And then, so Russell went upstairs, and they, it was waiting for Tiffany to come up. Mm-hmm. And then um, Asher would look on the patio because they lived on the third floor. Looked up on the patio and seen them talking. It was getting kind of loud. And then they moved their conversation alongside of the of the apartment. And Asher looked, and they weren't there. So he and he went downstairs along with Russell and noticed that um, uh, Chris was shutting the trunk of his car. And then when uh, that happened, he took off. Asher noticed that Tiffany's cell phone and sock was laying right by where his car was. And oh. I know I know. before he, Chris left, he went upstairs to get some of his things. And they asked Chris, Asher and, Jess, and Asher's girlfriend asked, where Tiffany was, he mm. says, Tiffany left with somebody in a car he did not know. Exact same story what he told in 2006. Okay, and we're going to get to 2006. All right, so you, this is uh, a little hard for me to understand, though. Let's just go through this for the listeners uh, again. Okay, so uh, Asher is up there on the third floor. Tiffany and Chris are down on the ground. Like in the parking lot or something? They're in the parking lot. Okay. And so he's watching this. It seems like it's a heated discussion. It's an argument, but it doesn't sound – there wasn't any um, punching or grabbing or anything that he saw? No, nothing uh, like that. Uh, okay. So when did Chris then go upstairs? After he shut the trunk of his car or, or what? I'm believing so. I, that part I really don't know approximately when. Okay. 
because you know, Tiffany wasn't around, so I'm assuming it was when he was shutting his trunk. Okay. Well, that's when he was shutting his trunk, but you said that Chris went upstairs and got a few things. Was this after he shut his trunk? Yes. Okay. Okay. And so at that point, what did Chris say again? What did he say? And, of course, Tiffany wasn't around. And what did he say? He says that Tiffany left with somebody in a car he did not know. Okay. Okay. And around that corner, being that they went around the corner, is that where um, that's where Chris's car was? Correct. Okay. And where was, do you know, once again, I know you don't live there. I know you don't live in the apartment complex, but the way you understand it, where was Tiffany's car parked? Like right beside his or, or what? No, hers was, they have a designated parking area. Mm-hmm. And so hers was in her in her parking area by her um, complex. Okay. And so it wasn't near um, Chris's car, wherever he parked, No. you know, wherever he left. Um, were any other people down there on the ground floor? Of course, his apartment complex. Did anybody, to your knowledge, see them arguing uh, at any time? Was Ashley the only one? As far as I know, nobody heard or seen anything. Wow. Okay. So Asher gets down there, sees Chris shutting uh, the trunk. Uh, it's it's a little hard for me to understand uh, the, the timing of all of this about him going back upstairs to the third floor. It sounds like that would take some time. And I, I, I have to admit that I'm a little puzzled on if Asher couldn't find Tiffany, that he would just allow Chris to go right back upstairs and come back down without more of an explanation in that. But that uh, that that's a little hard hard for me to understand, but maybe that's exactly what happened, and I wasn't there. So it, okay, so um, Chris leaves, and Ashler sees Tiffany's phone and a sock on the ground. Correct. On, on the ground. ground. Okay. And what it, and what does Asher do? He goes upstairs, calls Chris's phone, and tells him, "You need to come back here now." He says, all right, I'll turn around. He's right by this um, corner store that was just a little ways from the apartment complex. I'll turn around. I'll be there in a couple minutes. Okay. He never showed up. So Asher called again. I says, dude, you better get back here now. Mm -hmm. And um, then that's when they called the police and reported her missing. And they got the Fort Worth got there pretty quickly. Wow, that's pretty quick. So within... I guess what you're saying is within a few minutes, uh, of course, Asher calls Chris. Chris, you know, says that Tiffany went with somebody else, but still Asher was very concerned and he called the police right away, like within, let's say within 10 minutes of Chris leaving. Yep. That fast. Yeah. Very fast. fast. Okay. So he calls and, and the police get there fairly quickly. And of course, Asher found uh, the socks and the, and the phone in the yard. Um, does he try calling Chris again when Chris doesn't come right back? What happens next after the police the get Fort there? Worth, the Fort Worth PD wanted Asher to call Chris's phone again, so he did. And then the police got on the phone and told him, you need to get back here now. This is, you know, we're concerned. We just need to talk to you. So when Chris got back, well, before he got back, he said, um, I'm going to go back when Asher called them again. So the second time when Chris says, I'll be there again, he says, I got stopped by the cops. Okay. And they, 
which he never did. Then okay. um, when Asher called the police and they came over and the cops told Asher to call Chris's phone again. So he did. Uh, then the cops came and he says, we need you back to the apartments now. So Chris came back. When he arrived to the apartment, he was sweaty. And at that time, the temperature was in the low 60s. Mm-hmm. So it was, wasn't extremely hot. Mm-hmm. And he acted like he was searching for Tiffany, concerned about her um, disappearance where she was. But when he was interviewed with the PD, the way he would mention Tiffany's name is her, never by her name. Concerning. And then he was concerned about how he was going to get home. Hmm. He was more concerned about how am I going to get home? How am I going to get work? Am I going home? So he really never acknowledged, you know, Tiffany. I need to ask you probably at this point, when Chris left the apartment, how long did it take before he came back to the apartment? Of course, the police wanted him to come back immediately. How long was he gone in that time frame? Um, Approximately. Not looking at my, um, the maps, I'll say probably an hour. About an hour took, so he was gone, and then he came back, and he was gone for about an hour. Yep. He was, it was, because with the traffic and everything, and, but he, he took, um, mostly the interstate. Okay. We don't need to make any excuses for him. All we want to know is we want to make sure the listeners understand that he didn't just come right back. It was a considerable amount of time, even though Asher called him twice, and the police themselves said, hey, you better get over it wasn't like uh, Chris was hurrying to get back. Correct. Okay. All right. And, of course, given – and we're going to get into the rest of this, but on the strength of all of that data alone, of course, this is before any phones were checked, any GPS and everything else. Uh, it was on that evening, that night, that Chris was charged with kidnapping. They took him into custody then. Correct. Okay. It was late that night, early Tuesday morning on the 11th. Okay. All right, so there must have been um, reason to do that. I have to tell you in disappearance cases, I can't tell you how odd that is. It's very, very rare for that to happen. But thankfully, it did happen in this case. Uh, Of course, we know that the case is still unsolved at the time we're doing this interview. Uh, Of course, finding her. We know that Chris is in jail, and I think a lot of people know that. I want to talk about that later. But uh, when did you find out about uh, what happened on October 10th? I found out on October 11th in the morning. Okay. How'd you find out? Asher called us. He called family. Okay. So he called you uh, directly. Yes. Okay. What do you have to say? He says, Aunt Nell, Tiffany is missing. I don't know where she's at. Um, I called the police, and he told us what was happening, like, you know, what I told you all. Mm-hmm. He, and um, he says, Chris is arrested, but I can't find her, and mm-hmm. he won't talk. So, so of right. course, Ashley told mom first. Right, of course. It was like a disbelief because you don't think this would ever happen to your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But boy, when it does, your whole life just 
crumbles right in front of you. Yeah. Right. Uh, at any time when Asher called you, did he say that he thought Chris did something to her? Did he did he say explicitly, or did he was it more of an implied? He he didn't really tell us what you know what he thought. Mm-hmm. Because he you know. Okay. He was just too worried. He's worried about Tiffany. Where's Tiffany? Mm-hmm. Which understood his twin sister. Sure. I would be the same thing. I'd be worried about my twin too. Right. Of course. Okay. Do you know that once again, I realized you weren't there. I want the listeners to remind them uh, to know that you weren't there. Of course you were in Minnesota, but when, once they arrested a Chris, did they search his car that night or early the next morning being that they arrested him? Did they get a search warrant to go through his car? If we're to believe that he did do something to Tiffany must've put her in his car. Did they look through it? Did they find anything? I know they looked through his car, but I don't know when they did it. Mm-hmm. They did not find anything as far as I know. But okay. what they did, they found, they matched his tire print and his shoe print by Tiffany Stock and, sh- and her cell phone. Okay. Leading them to believe that he was responsible for the sock and the phone being there. Correct. He All was right. the last one that seen Tiffany. Okay, and maybe to you could extrapolate that out to something that he did something to her. She dropped her phone, and as he was putting her into the car, you know, one of her socks fell off, or maybe they were in a fight and one of her socks got ripped off, or something. You could imply that, but I'm guessing that did not come out in the trial. That that stuff. Right, her sock is like one of those no-show socks, those ankles kind of socks, mm, little ones. Right. Okay, little one, like ankle high or something. Right. Okay. Okay. And Tiffany never leaves home without her phone. So that was another sign, okay, where's Tiffany? Because Tiffany always has her phone. Okay. So he's arrested at that point for kidnapping, not murder, not manslaughter, but kidnapping. And he's put in jail. Aggravated kidnapping. And he's uh, taken to jail that night. What do Tiffany's family, uh, her mother, anybody else do over those on, you know, next few days? What did the police do, et cetera? What do you know about all the searches and and things that were done right once again, right after this all happened? Well, once we were notified Tiffany went missing um, because at the time, Tiffany's mom lived in South Dakota. Uh-huh. So she flew out to Texas. And we, my family, we drove to Texas. And right when we got there, we all searched. Of course, um, Tiffany's mom, she's disabled. So she did as much as she possibly could. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But she took care of all when the cops came up to the apartment. She answered their questions. So she was helping by answering any questions they possibly can, while everybody else that met up at the um, gas station up by the apartment, we had a search group there, and we checked and told them what we're all doing and so forth, and we went out and all searched. Okay. Any places in particular that they were looking? I mean, did they even have any 
uh, idea, uh, once again, at the time? Did they even have any idea, you know, even where to look? Um, they looked over by, ooh, over by Cook's Lane, I-30. Mm. Okay. Over by his house, Sandy um, Lane Park. They searched there because my husband was also on the search. Okay. So I I stayed at the apartment with my sister. And mm -hmm. so I don't really know where they all searched. I just know Sandy Lane Park over by Crick's Lane. They just went everywhere. Okay. Uh, so, and they had helicopters going. They had canines going, horseback, people on ATV even. Searching. Okay. okay. So they were giving it their all. Were the police also involved, or was this just uh, family and friends, or with police involved? The police were involved. They went out okay. and they um, searched Arlington Lake, um, Trinity. Um, they did help with the Sandy Lane behind his mom and dad, mom's and stepdad's house. Mm hmm. Okay. Any find any other signs of her at all? Of course, at the apartment complex, there was her phone, her phone, and, and a sock. But in their searches, and we'll get into the other things that were found at his parents' house. But anything that was like outside, any other things found? No. No, nothing. Okay. No. All right. So he's at, he's arrested. Uh, the police are trying to help uh, the family do some searches, and maybe this next part will explain a little why you were searching in a few particular areas. Uh, let's do this first. When, the, Of course, they arrested him. They got Chris's phone. They were able to ping it. And where did it look like he was, go he was while that hour or even longer that he was away from Tiffany's apartment complex? Where did it look like he went? He went over by Cook's Lane, over by, I think it's 360. Okay. That's where we do most of it at. Um, mm -hmm. that's what we do now, but we went everywhere within those phone pings. We just, but now we're concentrating over by Cook's Lane and so forth. Okay. In that Cook's Lane area, is that where his parents live? No. All right. Where do his parents live? Over by Kelmart, like 12 minutes away from the apartments. Okay. And did any of the pings show that he went over there? Yes. Okay. Do you know, if you can say, have his parents been asked about Tiffany's disappearance and what have they said? Well, they didn't. When the Fort Worth and our private investigator, they went and asked them. Okay. And mom said that they weren't home when that took place to the Fort Worth, but she told a different story to the private investigator that they were upstairs watching TV. Well, they don't have upstairs. Huh. So they live like in a one-level house or something? I call them a slab house. Okay, so they're on a slab, a concrete slab. That's why it's called that, right? Okay. Uh, yes, I, okay. So they live in a one floor, just on a concrete slab house. And she says they were upstairs, but they don't have an upstairs. Correct. All right. Is Since she... Uh, the mother said this, so whenever it was, I'm going to get maybe guess in some time in 2016, late 2016. Has she ever offered up any explanation for that? No. None. Okay. 
And these are things that uh, I want to come back to when we talk about the trial itself, which, of course, just happened within the last few weeks. All right, so they had these pings. Uh, once again, some of the pings did show in the parents' area. Did, uh, did somebody eventually go into the parents' house and look around? Did the police do that? The police did have um, a warrant to look into the house. They went to Chris's room, grabbed some things, which I do not know what they grabbed. Okay. But grabbed some things. And then while the PD was in the search, his mother was having an interview with news station while that was taking place. Okay. And were there some things that were found in the house that, that could have been Tiffany's? Yes, because Tiffany used to live there off and on. So. She did, okay. And what was found there? Um, I don't know what was found inside the house. I just know what was found on outside the house, okay. which was a stretched out bra, a fit watch that was broken, a man's chain, and um, a, we call them a wife beater t-shirt. Like mm -hmm. Sleeveless tee, yeah, sleeveless. Okay. And I believe in another shirt of Tiffany's. Okay. Any of those items, could they have been things that Tiffany was wearing when she disappeared? Could have. Could have, but no, not sure about that. I'm not sure 100%. Okay. And like you said, she did live there at one time, and there could be an explanation for those things being there. She lived there at one time. Yes. Okay. When did she live there? I mean... She was living with her brother. How was it that she was living over at Chris's parents with him? When was that? Chris was actually staying at living with his mom and dad or his stepdad. So Tiffany would just go there and stay a couple nights. Then she would go back to the apartment. Chris would stay at the apartment. Couple, you know, they just okay. bounce back and forth. They bounce back and forth. Okay, thank you for explaining that. So we have these pings. Um, did the pings, what, once again, what you know, did the pings show anything else? Did, he, did it show him maybe going out of his way between from the apartment complex to his parents uh, and then back to the apartment complex eventually? Did it show him going anywhere out of his way during that time? And, and was his phone even on that whole time? Um, as far as I know, he didn't go completely out of his way. He was just in the area what he was comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And... Looked like his phone was turned off, and on his phone looked like he missed three different phone calls, and there was a text message that was sent to his phone. No clue who that was from. Okay. So it could be that um, he turned his phone off maybe for a few minutes so it wouldn't ping to show where he was going possible. We don't usually theorize on unfound, but being that there is somebody in custody custody for this disappearance, at least the kidnapping part of it, I, I'm going to uh, give ourselves a little more leeway in all of this, being that somebody's already been convicted of kidnapping Tiffany. It could be s uh, said that he shut that phone off for some reason. Right. Okay. But nothing that really takes you to a particular lake or, or a particular you know, property, like with woods on it or anything like that? No, like um, I said, we just normally go meet at Crook's Lane at the Shell Mart there, and mm. then we go out and we search the woods everywhere. All right, because... Maybe there was like mm -hmm. hundreds of acres that was searched. 
Okay. Because that's one of the places that um, that was one of the places that his phone pinged. Correct. Okay. Do you know if being that the parent, at least his mother, couldn't keep her story straight, do you know if at any time the police might have threatened her with uh, maybe an accessory to kidnapping or something like that, being that her son was charged with that and was convicted of it, being that you know she had two different stories for what was going on and whether she saw her son or not? I do not know. I believe they haven't. Okay. When was the first time you heard the name Taliba Islam? After Tiffany went missing that week, we met um, Taliba's family. How did that all come about? Did, did, did the police tell you something about Chris, or did, uh, did Taliba's family find out about Chris and this disappearance and, and contact Deb, or how did that all work? Do you, do you remember? Um, I do. Tiffany's... Um, I mean, Taliba's sister seen it on the news and they said, oh, my God, he did it again. And so he contacted Asher, I believe, and um, told him what was what all happened in 2006. And then Mm -hmm. we got together and found out the exact same story, what he did to Taliba. Okay, I know he had a child and everything from Taliba and it's just. Okay. All his background came up. All right. Let's go through that a little piece by piece. I realize that you are not uh, an expert on Taliba's disappearance, but the way you understand it is her disappearance, the kind of the generalities of it, similar to Tiffany's disappearance. Yes. All right. For example, Chris and Taliba are in a relationship. They have an argument or something, and then he just tells everybody that Taliba took off. Right. And then he reported Taliba missing a week after she went missing. Okay. Is there a reason, uh, of course, it wasn't like Tiffany and Chris only went out once. They had been going out for a while, you know, for a time in 2016. I'm guessing that nobody ever told her about that. How many people do you think around Chris even knew that, he had been dating Taliba and she disappeared while he was with her. Do you even know? I believe there's, I believe there's probably quite a few that knew what happened, you know, that him and Taliba were dating and that Taliba went missing. But if they're buddies with Chris and his goons, I call them, they mm-hmm. won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know if... And we have to remember it was 10 years before this uh, Taliba disappeared in 2006. Do you think that Tiffany even knew about the disappearance of Taliba Islam at all? Had ever even heard her name before? Tiffany did not hear nothing about Taliba. No, knew nothing, knew nothing about that. And I guess we have to remember, remind the listeners is that it was Chris's own sister Jackie who set them up. And I'm guessing she never told Tiffany about Taliba at all? Nope. Neither did his mother. Okay. And we have to remind um, everybody that uh, Taliba disappeared from Fort Worth, Texas, and Euless is very close to that, right? 
like Euless right. is like a suburb of Fort Worth. And I'm just looking at the information right now. Kaliba disappeared on January 16th, 2006. She was 20 years old. And did you also say that uh, Tiffany did not know that Chris had a child with Taliba? No. And do you know how he managed to cover that up? I mean, who was watching this child? Um, Chris told Taliba's family that he could not take care of this child. This child was three months old. So Taliba's sister here will take care of her, take care of him. And he never had anything to do with his own son. Okay, so Taliba's family is the one that took care of uh, his son, and Chris had nothing to do with it. No. Nothing to do with the the raising of this child. And, of course, the child, three months old in 2006, would have been 10 years old in 2016. And Chris is just off doing his own thing. Uh, has anybody in your family, whether you, Asher, maybe the other sister or brother, or uh, anybody in your family ever confronted Jackie about, you know, why didn't you ever say anything, tell Tiffany – about Taliba disappearing while Chris was with her. Any anybody ever confront her about any of this? No, because we couldn't. We could not have any connections with the Revell family. Because of the trial, or or what was the what was the because reason? Because of the circus ass. Because of what was going on, and they just said no. So um, at the beginning of when Tiffany went missing, this Keisha messaged my sister saying, I am Chris's cousin. Uh-huh. And she was going on and on. What was, you know, I feel bad, you know, um, may, have you guys checked here? Uh, so then later on, I discovered that Keisha is actually Jackie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So she was pretending to be somebody else? Yes. And the way I found that out is I went on Facebook and I grabbed Keisha's profile and I grabbed Jackie's and you cannot have the exact same kids. You just can't. Right. And that's when then I then I looked more into her pictures and here's mom on Keisha's profile. I'm here with my mom at this fashion show. Went on to Jackie's profile, found that same picture. I'm here with my mom. Oh my. Yeah. Well, she wasn't very sneaky about it, <laughs> was she? No. Not exactly no. A, a criminal mastermind to do something like that. Okay. So, and when did this happen? How, how long after Tiffany disappeared did that happen? That this um, key... I'll say a few months afterwards. A few months. But after. Keisha got hold of Deb that week Tiffany went missing. Okay. So I found out that Jack Keisha was actually Jackie a couple months mm. afterwards. Afterwards. Okay. Thank you for that. And has your family uh, gotten to know Taliba's family uh, yes. fairly well? And you kind of both working together on it now yes. since 2016? Yeah. Okay. So to us, Taliba's family is family to us. When okay. we go out searching, we're not searching only for Tiffany. We're also searching for Taliba. Mm. Okay. And does Chris have a criminal record? You know, back oh, yes. he does. Okay, and and what what are the nature of these crimes in general? Well, according when the trial came out, they mentioned that when he was out in Colorado, he had a record clear back in two thousand two. 
in 2003, in mm -hmm. 2004, okay. and then he met Tyler in 2006, and then in 2008, he got arrested for um, robbery. He served five years, so he got out in 2013. Four months later, 2013, he gets arrested again. He was served, supposed to be serving five years. He only served uh, two years. And then he, 2016, he does, a, does this to Tiffany. So he does have a history. Do you think that Tiffany knew about any of this? Did she know that he had a criminal record at all? Not just this extensive record, but anything regarding time she, served in jail. She told me he was in prison once. Well, that's partially true. It's once and then twice and then three times and whatever. Okay. So he wasn't able to cover up everything. He covered up about Taliba, and he didn't mention that he had a child, but he did at least mention to her once that he had a criminal record for something. Yes. Okay. Do you think that might have been one more reason that Tiffany was looking to leave him? Could it be? What do you it think? could be, but I think it was more because he's controlling, possessive of her. Mm -hmm. And I just need to ask, did Tiffany ever have any problems with the law at all? Ever anything? No. No. No drugs, nothing like that, no shoplifting, anything. She's never been in jail. No. Okay. All right. So she would have been kind of an opposite person of Chris, but um and I could see maybe why they wouldn't get along, but she continued to be with him, I guess, after even after she found out that he, he was in jail. But sometimes that's the way uh, these things go. So you find out not long after uh, Tiffany disappeared that Chris uh, was with Taliba Islam when she disappeared. However, let's make clear, he's never been charged in her, with anything in her disappearance, ever. Nothing. 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 Okay, okay. And in talking to Taliba's family, have they ever given you, anybody in your family, you know, an idea of what they think Chris could have done to Taliba if he did do something to her? You know, because um, with Taliba's family, they think Taliba is deceased. Okay. Yeah. And we're hoping she's not. But right. but if she's not, we know her mental status won't be the same. Right. Okay. Do you know if Chris, in those 10 years, if you got to know, if you got to any information on this, did he ever offer up any explanation as to what happened to Talib? Of course, what Chris has said, and we'll get into this, you know, when we talk about the trial a little bit, he's of course saying that somebody else took Tiffany, not himself. In Taliba's disappearance, has he ever offered up any reason that she disappeared he just says that she hopped into a car he did not know okay so same thing same story for both disappearances yes. okay all right so uh he gets charged with kidnapping was he in jail the whole way from the time he was charged until his trial in august of 2019 yes. he never got bail or anything like that no. okay um you know, what did you think, which was your family thinking between October 2016 and August 2019? That's quite a bit of time for, you know, somebody to, to come to trial. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, what went on during that time, of course, we know you were searching for her, and I understand there's another search that's going to be coming up, but, you know, what did you think about this trial? Were you talking to the prosecutor? You know, what was going on there? Um, well, the first prosecutor got let go, so we got this new one, and she would keep us up to date on um, what was going on, when the next hearing is, you know, if there's a conference hearing, a status conference hearing is what they call it. So she kept us up to date on those. And then she says, um, once the trial comes, um, I'll have to call you and we'll have a phone conference. I go, okay. And um, so she just, Lisa Callahan is the DA that represented Tiffany's case. Mm -hmm. And she did a wonderful job. And she just, she kept us up to date, like I said. Okay. She was, she's good. Mm -hmm. Is there, if you can say, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not even saying that she would have had to have given you a reason for the way they chose to prosecute this, but uh, is, is there any reason that they just charged him with ag aggravated kidnapping and not just with murder or something like that, uh, a more severe charge? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Was that a big when you first found out that they were going to go to trial charging him with aggravated kidnapping, but not with actual murder? Were you worried about that? Was your family worried about that? Did that seem unusual? Um, we were just worried that he would walk. Mm -hmm. um, but we had faith in the DA. Okay. And we we wanted a conviction. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right, so Chris uh, uh, pled not guilty. That's why we ended up with the trial. He had a defense attorney. And uh, how long before the trial happened did you know that there was, you know, when, did, when was the trial date set? And how long before that? The um, it was August 12th was the jury selection. Okay. August 14th was, was on a Wednesday. That's when the trial began. And then it lasted for two weeks. Then on that Friday, Thursday, it was a Thursday, almost a week, two weeks. On that Thursday, he was found guilty. Um, the jurors were in um, closed doors for, at first for five hours. So then the judge told him to go home and get some, you know, rest. Mm -hmm. Then they came back at 10 o'clock the next day. That's when the jurors gave their... Um, verdict. He was found guilty. So that the judge said they will um, do their sentencing that same day. And then, um, of course, the both DAs did their um, closing arguments. Why? And and then the judge decided with his back history, mm -hmm. be life in prison. Life in prison for aggravated ki kidnapping was kidnapping. the charge. All right. Yes. Is life without the possibility of parole or parole in 25 years, or do you know? I don't know. I'm okay. supposed to get in touch with um, Tiffany's DA, and if I have any questions, I'm supposed to, that's going to be one of the questions. Is he eligible for parole? Okay. Were you, were you shocked when they said life? Uh, I have to admit, being that we had talked before this trial uh, ever started, um, when it said, you know, life, I have to admit, 
even I was a little surprised. How about you? I was surprised because we kept on saying 99 years. Well, nine years is still his life, mm-hmm. but he still can have go on, have a pro on that even too. But life, it just made us relieved because he cannot hurt anybody else. Yeah. Justice was okay. served. Okay. Well, let's just talk about maybe a little some specifics of the trial. I you weren't there, correct? You did not go to Texas and sit in the in the room. Correct. You didn't go, but I'm guessing that Tiffany's mother did. Correct. She did, and maybe her brother Asher as well. Correct. Okay. And at any time during that trial, did did Taliba Islam's name come up? Were they allowed to use something like that in the trial? Not during the trial. They could not. Um, okay. On the sentencing part, they did, and then Taliba's sister got up on the stand. Oh, she got oh for the sentencing part of it, she got to sit up there, stand up there, and talk about her sister and how Chris was dating her, dating yes. Taliba when she disappeared. Okay, but not during the trial. That was left out. Prior bad act, uh, not included. Okay, what the way you understand it. What was Chris's defense, his defense attorney? What argument did the defense try to try to make during this trial? That there wasn't no DNA found on Chris or his car. How can you convict a person if there's no DNA on him? Okay. That's what she was going by. Uh, that, okay. That seems uh, not like a, a too bad of a plan. And Chris, did Chris take the stand? No. He, was, he did not. Okay. And is it your understanding then that they tried to say that he just was not responsible, did responsible for this? And like we said before, did he try to push this off on somebody else? Did that come out in the trial or not? Yes. They tr- the uh, Chris's attorney tried to push it off to the mechanic. Okay. And did was the mechanic part of, of this trial? Did he have, Did he get called to say... To sit up yes. there, do you know? Yes. He did. Wow, okay. He did. he did. And you know and did he did he actually show up that day or not? Or what he do you showed up. Okay. And was that before or after Tiffany disappeared? Um, that was uh they the Fort Worth P D finally got hold of this guy a week um before the trial actually started. Oh my. And yeah. And cause we didn't know who this mechanic guy was. And so, and then they finally got the hold of them and got his statement. And then, um, Tiffany's DA, DNA, I mean, DA asked, um, told him to come if he would like to stand and, um, give his side of the story. Mm-hmm. And he showed up. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And I guess what he said, I guess the jurors must have believed it, that he had nothing to do with the disappearance. All right. Yes. Um, We had talked about Chris's uh, cell phone. Did the cell phone information come out during the trial? Did they talk about that some? Yes. Um, They talked that he had um, a social page that was deleted. He had some text messages that was deleted. Mm -hmm. Um, If... I don't know who these the text messages were to or anything, and but I know they were all deleted. 
and that came out into the trial. And were the police able to, uh, some forensic, electronic forensics expert, able to recreate those texts and anything so they could be read or not? I don't know for sure. Okay, so once again, it could be a sign of him trying to cover something up, but I know myself, I, I delete text messages, you know, and, and things all the time, so we don't know. Yeah. Is there any record of while he was gone from the apartment complex before he came back to Tiffany's complex, did he call anybody while he was gone during that time? Do you know? I just know that there was a phone call coming in um, at the apartment. And that's all I know. And then there was three missed calls or three t missed text messages that mm -hmm. he, and no clue who they're from. Okay. We talked about this in a prior conversation, uh, but I, I, I'm going to ask you again, uh, do you, is there any reason to believe any proof that maybe Chris could have had uh, help with this and accomplice after the fact? So we realize that he's there, Tiffany's there, nobody else, any other of his friends are maybe there in the complex. Of course, Asher just saw the two of them arguing, you know, before she disappeared. Is it possible that, is there, is there any proof that Chris might have had some help during that time that he was away from the apartment before he came back? I mean, there's no proof of it, but mm -hmm. my gut feeling, he had help. That's just my gut feeling. All right. That's just the gut feeling. Uh, and we are, of course, though, we do know that uh, his mother couldn't keep her story straight for that night. She was either home or she wasn't. She was upstairs in a house that doesn't have an upstairs. Uh, you know, that that doesn't seem uh, very good. No. All right. So Chris now is in jail. He's been sentenced. Have you talked to the DA? Uh, has the DA or the prosecutor ever mentioned to you the possibility of giving Chris a break on his sentencing if he were to reveal where Tiffany is? Has that conversation ever happened in the in the last almost three years? I know. At, I just know during the trial there was um, a plea deal. If he told us where the girls were, um, he would be getting. I don't know how many years, mm -hmm. so he would not talk. He would not go for that deal? No. Or even though, okay, and that was during the trial. That was before he was sentenced, though. Correct. That was before he lost in court. That was before he got sentenced to life that they tried to make a deal for both. I guess what you're saying is Tiffany and Taliba. Correct. All right, and he didn't go for it. No. Okay, do and once again, I realize that you're not Tiffany's mother. Uh, of course, Deb, you know, Deb would be, of course, the one responsible for this being that Tiffany was not married. She didn't have a husband or any, anybody like that. Deb would, of course, be the, the point person for this. Um, has she ever said to you maybe that the defense attorney might be open to that? Or did, has the prosecution ever told her anything like that? I know that... Um... The defense attorney, no, the um, Tiffany's attorney said that um, Chris asked Tiffany to marry him and then said that he hated her. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, mm -hmm. and otherwise, no one else ever, she was never engaged to anybody. Right. Well, I guess what I'm, I'm asking you, 
Well, I guess what I'm asking you, Janelle, is that at any time during this discussion, when this was brought up before the trial started, did the defense attorney seem open to trying to convince his client, Chris, to reveal this? Or was it just a complete no? I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. I just I have to ask these questions because of the yeah. the job that I do. I'm just wondering if you know anything about that. I don't know. Don't know. Okay. All right, so the trial's over. Um, we're doing this interview, even though this uh, interview will not play in, until September, but we're doing this interview on August 28th, 2019. And so the sentencing was just done a week ago, correct? Correct, it was correct. just done a week ago. And um, how has this past week been? Now that you know that Chris has been held responsible, of course, I guess we're inclined to believe that maybe, unfortunately, Tiffany isn't with us anymore. But right. since this you living this was for this almost three years, you know, what's this past week been like? Any different than all the weeks before or what? It's just pretty much the same, but we just know that he's not free. He mm -hmm. will never do this to anybody else. We just I mean there we we're happy that there's a conviction. Mm-hmm. But we're stuck we're stuck in this still this nightmare where where's Tiffany? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, there's so many mixed emotions that goes to your head. It's, right. It's hard, that, it's hard to answer. Yeah. I guess what you're saying is there might be a little bit of relief, but not a lot of relief because Tiffany's still missing. He may be in jail, but it still feels like you have a lot of work to do. Right. I mean, if he was a a true man, why didn't he tell us where Tiffany is? I mean, it's it's a simple. She's here. You know, you're going to go to prison anyways. Why don't you just tell us? Mm -hmm. But you chose not yeah. to. Yeah. What's the next step in all this? Uh, you talking to? Maybe Asher, maybe your sister Deb, uh, about you know what's going to happen next. You've already mentioned there's maybe going to be another search coming up. Is that right? Another search right, on September second. All right, September second. Search. Okay. Everybody's going to be meeting up at um, the Shell Mark on Cook Cooksling. It's 1401 Cooksling, Fort Worth, Texas. Shell Mark. Okay. I'm going to let everybody, of course, the interview will not come out till after that, but I will let everybody know in the discussion group. They'll know that. I've done this once they hear uh, this interview, they will know that I will let everybody know that there is something going on regarding that. Yeah. Um, and we do have a Facebook page. Yeah, tell Bring please. Tiffany Johnson home. Please tell them about it. It's called Bring Tiffany Johnson Home. Um, you can join, of course, but I look into your background, your profile, make mm. sure, you know, it just have to be the safety. I understand that. And, um, if you join, you just ask to please share Tiffany's um, information. If you're able to go on searches, um, if you would, um, spot, you know, help help us no matter what. And then um, I make the search events. I post that on to bring Tiffany Johnson home. And um, if you're able to pass out flyers, we have one gentleman that's been there since day one. He's now part of our family. His name is Art. He's a wonderful man. 
mm-hmm. and he goes out all the time. And there's some of the searches drive two hours away, an hour away. So these guys are dedicated. They're part of our family now. Yeah, it's good to find people like that. Yes. Because and no, because no family. Have, um, please, please yeah. continue. Please. We do have um, T-shirts that can be bought um, for it's Bring Tiffany Johnson Home T-shirts. It's also on the web, the Facebook page too, and that will okay. help the searchers with any water, um, any supplies they need, gas, anything what they need. It's okay. the money's there. Okay. Okay, very good. It's good to find people like that who aren't relatives that are willing to help out because no family is quite big enough to handle all of this. Right? No. No. And you, right. And you know if these people are showing up, uh, they're very committed to it. They They never knew Tiffany, but they still – show up because they want to help. Right. Right. Okay. They're a godsend. Right. And do you know if, are there any searches still being done for Taliba Islam? Um, I don't know, but, um, Mm -hmm. like for our, we call our team, team, um, team Tiffany. Mm -hmm. We still search for Taliba. Yeah. While we're searching for Tiffany. Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering, I'm just kind of uh, thinking out loud here. When Taliba disappeared, I realized it was Fort Worth, Texas. Does anybody even know if Chris, uh, after she disappeared, went into the same areas that he did after Tiffany disappeared? You've talked about Cook's Lane and that particular area. Is there any proof that he went into that area right after Taliba disappeared? Do you even know? I don't even know. No, because uh, my mean my knee jerk reaction is thinking that he would have put both if he did something to Tiffany and he did something to Leila that they would be in the same area. Yes. Something, but, but you know, he had these tattoos. Nothing against tattoos, but there were signs of gang related. Were they? And that was brought up on the trial. No, that's there no surprise. A, a gain um, detective that was pulling out certain um, mm. tattoos. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's no surprise. I don't. I don't think I'm too surprised by that. That many times in jail and everything, I, I don't think I should be surprised by that. Probably listeners won't be either. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, I would not be surprised if someday Taliba's remains are found that possibly Tiffany's are found as well. If we're to believe that neither of them are with us anymore, I would not be surprised if they're very close to each other. Yeah. We're just hoping the best. Yeah. Outcome. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Every family does. Yeah. I mean, you hear different things on Facebook on, on bring Tiffany to Johnson home. She's deceased, but she, people have to realize she has siblings and a mother and, you know, aunts and uncles and grandparents that are hoping the best. So we just wish that people wouldn't post that stuff and just realize, Hey, this could have been my family. Would you want that to be posted? And so, I mean, we just, we just don't know. We don't know. That's right. No, that's right. I mean, just 
have have the courtesy to take on our our feelings. I'm not trying to be mean, but just be in our shoes once and and would you want to read that? I realize that a lot of theorizing goes on out there. There's no doubt about that. So yeah. I mean, no doubt about. You that. never think this would happen to your family. It only happens in t- on TV. But you know, it it does happen. And now, what I do since I can't work, I dedicate my time for the missing. Mm-hmm. So I make, and I I have this group which you know. And my own certain group, I make vinyl shirts and so forth. And I help put this, a person, missing person, on a T-shirt, come back to life. And, like, there was this one gentleman, his his son was found deceased. And I put his face on a coffee mug just for him because he took it so hard. And now this gentleman and I are now pretty good friends so I just wanted to tell him you know even though your son's not here he's still with you in your heart he's still watching over you you know you just can't Mm -hmm. give up hope Mm -hmm. on anything right no you can never give up hope not until uh, all these uh, people are found for sure yeah for sure millions and millions of people are Mm. out there missing some of them are runaways. I mean, yeah, it's just, a, it's a sad world anymore. Yeah, and uh, disappearances, they happen without warning. Yes. Without warning. Who would have thought that, you know, Asher's right there. Tiffany and Chris are arguing, which I'm sure they did many times before. Yeah. Asher's thinking, okay, well, I see her right there. It's, it's no big deal. This is going to be like every other time. And all that happens is going right around the corner, yep. and then she's gone. Blink of an eye. Yeah, that's right. Any last words before we complete this interview, Janelle? And just always for the parents and siblings and so forth, if you get in an argument, like for siblings, if they get in an argument with one another, always tell them that you love them no matter what. And for the parents, always tell your child that how much you love them because you just never know. It's a very good message, Janelle. Very good message. Very good. And teach your kids, you know, the cell phone isn't the answer to everything. Know your surroundings. If you don't know your surroundings, blink an eye, you can be gone. So true. Yep. That's what uh, all of my uh, guests have said. Just never see it coming, and it does seem like it just doesn't seem possible, but unfortunately it is. It is. Yes. Yep. The society, what we live in, is just sick. People just don't care about another human being. They just don't care. Janelle, I thank you for being on this episode of Unfound. Mm, Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Janelle Hoffeld, aunt of Tiffany Johnson. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. Emily and myself tried to reach Taliba Islam's family before I recorded this episode, but we were unsuccessful. Should someone in Taliba's family hear this program, please contact us. 
we would love to cover Taliba's case as well. Like Angie Arnell's case from earlier this year and Zoe Campos's from 2018, there is no doubt who the perpetrator is. Chris Revel surely murdered Tiffany Johnson, even though that's not the charge he was convicted on. Something went on after they went around the corner of the building. Chris attacked her, put her in the trunk, then disposed of her during the roughly hour and a half Chris was gone. The tough part about this case is it's virtually the opposite of every other one Unfound has covered. In those others, it took hours, days, if not weeks, for people to realize someone was missing. In Tiffany's, her brother realized it in a minute, if not less, and still, Tiffany has not been found. It just doesn't seem possible. But it's true. What makes it even harder to understand is police know where Chris was for about 95% of the time he was gone. Still, no one has been able to find Tiffany. The question is, why? I think this case proves how easily a human body can be hidden or disposed of, even when the person doing so didn't have a plan beforehand. The human body isn't that big. Once a person is deceased, the body can be contorted into positions that the person could have never accomplished while alive. And I think if you were to start casually riding around looking for places you could dispose of a body and where it never would be found, you'd find quite a few hiding places. And on top of all of that, Chris Revel has an advantage over all of us. He had done this before with Taliba Islam. And that kind of brings me to my main point. I think if I knew more about Taliba's disappearance, and I surely want to make that happen, I think I could better understand Chris's modus operandi. Because I have to believe that since he knew his disposal of Taliba worked, that he would get rid of Tiffany in the same way. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tiffany and Taliba were eventually found close to each other. On the other hand, if Chris placed Taliba in a trash bin, then that's probably what he did with Tiffany. And that would mean the two wouldn't be found anywhere near each other. Once again, though, without knowing the intricacies of Taliba's case, I can't come to a solid conclusion. What I can say is that I'm happy that people came to the right conclusion in Chris's trial by jury. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.